This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where more drugs are on the way, including the newly released Moderna vaccine. Just in time, too, because Florida won't be getting as much of the Pfizer vaccine during the next couple of weeks as the governor had expected. The general in charge of Operation Warp Speed says it's his fault. I am responsible, and I take responsibility for the miscommunication. The state health department reports 97 more fatalities and 8,400 new cases of coronavirus. That's the fewest new cases in almost two weeks. But Sunday's numbers tend to be lower than the rest of the week because of the way data is collected and entered into the system on the weekend. Florida's unemployment rate is holding steady at 6.4 percent, but things are worse in the buckle of the tourism belt. In November 2020, Osceola County had the highest unemployment rate of 9.7 percent, followed by Orange County with 8.1 percent. One thing that hurt this year was that businesses did not hire nearly as many seasonal employees as they usually do for the holiday. Today on Sunrise In-Depth, there's a new boss at the Division of Administrative Hearings. Pete Antonacci is the Mr. Fixit of state government who's been sent in to clean house at several agencies. State attorney in Palm Beach County, executive director of the South Florida Water Management District, executive director of Enterprise Florida, and most recently in Broward County. That last job as supervisor of elections in Broward County is what helped Antonacci become the new chief administrative law judge for the state. We'll also have your calendar of political events and the story of a Florida man who faces up to three years in prison. He's not in trouble for being a male escort, but for shorting the IRS. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Monday, December 21st. It was on this day in 1620 that the Mayflower and its passengers, the Pilgrims, landed at Plymouth Rock, Massachusetts. Fun group, those pilgrims. They banned Christmas in 1659 because they believed it distracted from religious discipline and amounted to idolatry because it was based on a pagan holiday. Any pilgrim celebrating, feasting, or simply not working on Christmas Day could be fined five shillings. In 1937, Walt Disney debuted the first full-length animated feature in Hollywood, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Today is Crossword Puzzle Day, Humbug Day, and National French Fried Shrimp Day. More vaccines arrive as the death toll continues to surge in the Sunshine State. The health department reporting 97 more fatalities Sunday, increasing the death toll to at least 20,861. They also reported 8,400 newly confirmed cases of the disease, increasing the statewide total to more than 1,200,000. Now, over the past week in Florida, we've had 75,000 new cases, 700 fatalities, 1,800 new hospitalizations. But finally, some good news. As of Sunday, more than 40,000 Floridians had been vaccinated for COVID-19. Florida is expected to receive more than half a million doses of the Moderna vaccine and several hundred thousand from Pfizer over the next couple of weeks. But Florida and the rest of the states will not be receiving as many of those Pfizer shots as they thought. Governor Ron DeSantis raised the issue last week when he said there appeared to be a problem with the supply chain. Initially, uh, we thought we'd get about 200 thousand additional Pfizer doses and then the third week of these shipments we were scheduled to get about 250,000. Those week two and three shipments of Pfizer are, are basically uh, on hold right now. We're just not sure with the production. Uh, they've removed it from the system that they're using Tiberius. Uh, so we're looking for that. Obviously we need to plan for that because there's only so many places that can store this at neg negative 70 degrees. After the governor implied there was a problem with Moderna, the drug company said it wasn't their fault and things were a bit murky until Saturday when the man in charge of Operation Warp Speed, General Gus Perna, said it was his bad. 
Many have heard concerns about allegations of vaccine doses being cut. And I want to take personal responsibility for the miscommunication. I am responsible and I take responsibility for the miscommunication. At the end of the day, the number of doses available to us to allocate ended up being lower. And so as we gave forecasts to the jurisdictions and governors and states worked their priorities against those forecasts, when we had to decide what was going to eventually be shipped out, I had to lower the allocations to meet the releasable doses that were presented to me. So to the governors, to the governor's staffs, please accept my personal apology uh, if this was disruptive in your decision-making and in your conversations with the people of your great state. I will work hard to correct this. There's something we haven't heard in a long time, a government official accepting responsibility for a problem and promising to fix it. Now, we are used to the promises to fix things. It's a rare day, though, when someone actually accepts blame. COVID pulled the rug out from under the state economy this year, and it's been a slow recovery in the job market with not a lot of progress last month. Florida's unemployment rate was unchanged in November. Adrian Johnson is the chief economist at the Florida Department of Economic Opportunity. That's the agency that runs the state unemployment program. So seasonally adjusted unemployment rate in November 2020 was 6.4%. This represented 651,000 jobless individuals out of a labor force of 10,146,000. Florida's November 2020 unemployment rate was equal to the revised October 2020 rate and up 3.6 percentage points from the November 2019 rate. In November 2020, Osceola County had the highest unemployment rate of 9.7%, followed by Orange County with 8.1%. Wakulla County had the state's lowest unemployment rate at 3.9%, followed by St. John's County with 4%. Five out of 10 major industry sectors in Florida gained jobs over the month. All major industries lost jobs over the year. Leisure and hospitality gained 11,800 jobs over the month. This was driven by 8,200 jobs gained in accommodation and food services. Education and health services added 3,100 jobs over the month. Construction and manufacturing each added 1,000 jobs over the month. The industries that lost the most jobs over the month were government with 5,800 jobs, trade, transportation, and utilities, which lost 5,100 jobs, and information, which lost 1,700 jobs. 12 of the 24 major metro areas in Florida had over the month job gains. The Tampa metro area gained the most jobs with 6,400, Homosassa Springs grew the fastest at a rate of 1%. Other metro areas gaining jobs of the month were Miami, Miami Beach, Kendall with 4,300 jobs and Jacksonville with 3,100 jobs. The stats do get a bit overwhelming at times, but the fundamental question is whether Florida's economy is getting back on track after tanking during the COVID crisis. Anytime you have significant changes in the economy, um, we have it takes a little bit of time to see if what the structural effects are. Um, the good news is we are seeing people come back into the labor market. Um, so our labor force is growing. Uh, businesses are creating jobs. Um, so we, we are seeing things come back. Uh, we are seeing people engage in the labor market, which is what we want to see. Um, but anytime there's a, a structural or potential for a structural shift, takes a little bit of time to know and, and what, how that's going to, to have long-term impacts. 
Speaking of the long term, Johnston says they've just wrapped up their eight-year employment forecast, and the occupations that lost the most jobs during the pandemic are the ones that can expect to see the most growth between now and 2028. To account for the impacts on employment due to COVID-19, the employment projections were enhanced using data from the current employment statistics survey. These effects were re- are reflected in the 2020 employment estimates and result in higher employment growth rates in the industries and occupations, which have been impacted most. The performing arts and spectator sports industry is projected to have the fastest employment growth between 2020 and 2028 with a growth rate of 49.1%, followed by the accommodation and the amusement, gambling, and recreation industries. The food services and drinking places industry is projected to gain the most new jobs between 2020 and 2028 with 218,014 jobs, followed by the administrative and support services and the ambulatory healthcare services. Nurse practitioners occupation is projected to have the fastest employment growth between 2020 and 2028 with a growth rate of 51.9%, followed by restaurant cooks and massage therapists. The combined food prep and serving workers occupation is projected to gain the most new jobs between 2020 and 2028 with 58,393 jobs. This is followed by waiters and waitresses and restaurant cooks. Florida's overall unemployment rate is still a bit lower than the national average, but that's not much consolation if you're still trying to find a job. We've lost almost 420,000 of those jobs over the past year, and the number of unemployed Floridians is 651,000. That is more than double the number this same time last year. Next up on Sunrise, there's a new boss at the Florida Division of Administrative Hearings. DOA is the phantom judicial system designed to keep the state bureaucracy honest, which is why most Floridians have never heard of it. But first, a word from the sponsors. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics, and we are much obliged. If you live along the I-4 corridor, learn to use your business experience to impact public policy. Apply by January 8th to the Central Florida Political Leadership Institute at cflpli.org. The Orlando Economic Partnership offers this free, nonpartisan program for business-minded leaders to explore whether elected or appointed office is right for them, discover political strategies to succeed and lead, and join a network of influencers. Apply by January 8th at cflpli.org. Welcome back to Sunrise. The governor and cabinet spent a few hours last week interviewing candidates to run DOA, the Division of Administrative Hearings. Their mission is to serve as a forum to settle disputes between private citizens and organizations and state agencies. They have their own lawyers, their own judges, and they spend most of their time on workers' compensation appeals and the Baker Act. That's the law that allows people to be locked up against their will for a psych exam. The governor and cabinet met last week to pick a new chief administrative law judge for DOA, and right from the get-go, you could tell Pete Antonacci had the inside track. He's become the designated fixer in Florida government, serving as assistant attorney general, head of the South Florida Water Management District, state attorney in Palm Beach County, executive director of Enterprise Florida, and most recently, supervisor of elections in Broward County. Now, Antonacci didn't run for any of these jobs. He was appointed to clean up someone else's mess, and Governor Ron DeSantis was impressed by the way he handled the elections office. I think Broward posted their votes at like 7.30, and I had never seen that before, so congratulations. We were in competition with several counties, and happy to say we performed number one. Good, good. Well, congrats. So, floor is yours. I appreciate your favorable consideration based on on my record of service to our state. Um, I've had a career that has included uh, real litigation. Uh, As the Attorney General knows, it goes on in every courthouse in Florida every day of the week, and I spent over eight years of my life um, 
doing that, representing the state of Florida in criminal cases. Um, I had a, another part of my career where I, I spent a lot of time in this building and uh, learned uh, about how um, agencies work and agencies interact with our cabinet uh, and with each other. I've served in the private sector. I spent almost 15 years of my career representing clients, uh, appearing before this entity and, and the legislature and in courts around the Florida or around the state, uh, both federal and state. And finally, these last eight years of my career uh, I have been non-legal in a sense, uh, and it's been a difficult transition, I confess, to be uh, a lawyer uh, versus a good client. And I've struggled with trying to be a good client uh, in my term of office as state attorney in Palm Beach County, um, as executive director of the South Florida Water Management District, as executive director of Enterprise Florida, and most recently in Broward County. All of these uh, experiences have given me the opportunity to see government operate uh, around the state. And we have an enormous state and there are very few people in the state that appreciate that, um, how big and complex our state is. Uh, my experience in life, both legal and as a manager of an agency, uh, have given me that perspective and I offer that uh, to you, to your favorable consideration. A dozen people had applied after the chief judge job became available. John McIver stepped down in June after the Florida Senate refused to confirm his appointment. DeSantis says this was essentially a do-over, and he wants Antonacci to do it. And I want to thank everyone for, for applying and being here. This uh, appointment is uh, basically a mulligan. We, uh, we did this, and I, mean, I think we had two people, uh, that, that, and, and they weren't nothing against them. Um, but I think clearly, you know, we've got a lot of really qualified applicants this time. I mean, I think everyone that, that presented today, um, you know, the legal acumen is there. I don't think there's any question about that. And I know some of you have served as, are serving as administrative law judges, and um, I'm sure you're doing a good job. It's, it's apparent in, in how you presented. So, so I want to thank everyone for doing it. I think that, um, I think that the, the, the candidates were, were very, very good. Um, I also think, though, you know, I think it was pointed out, I mean, this is a, a legal position, but it's also really an administrative position. And I think it's really important uh, to have somebody uh, there who is going to run it uh, in a really effective way. And, um, and I don't necessarily have doubts about any of the folks, uh, per se, uh, but I do think um, you know, what really impressed me, uh, I mentioned at the beginning, Pete Andonacci, Broward Elections, probably ran as good as they've ever run. And I know that was because uh, of your leadership. And so um, I would like to, to make the motion to, to appoint uh, Pete Antonacci as the chief judge. Uh, is there a second? Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Dissent. Okay, so it looks like by a three to one vote, uh, the motion's adopted and congratulations. And again, thanks for everyone else and thank you for your service. Uh, you guys are doing a great job. That dissenting vote came from Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed, who is concerned Antonacci is too political for a judicial post. Uh, the fact that he's been a political appointment um, since 2012, um, not handling legal affairs, but coming in and trying to be the cleanup appointment for, for Governor Scott, and don't believe that when it comes to such an important agency overseeing like DOA, that this is to be a, a political appointment. Uh, this should have been a nonpartisan appointment of somebody who has, the again, the credentials to ch uh, take over as chief judge. And while the governor was impressed by the way Antonacci handled the Broward Elections Office, Freed had a problem with a last-minute purge of the voter rolls.
Over 50,000 letters were sent to homes for individuals, uh, making it seem like they would no longer be able to, to vote in this upcoming election. Uh, it caused a lot of fear amongst those residents inside of the county and definitely arose to the, to the level of needing to be addressed to see exactly what, how he made those decisions and the potential repercussions um, so close to an, an election. The political battles roiling the Division of Administrative Hearings over the past year have been a bit of an embarrassment to this administration. Antonacci's first job is to make sure they get back to normal and do their work in relative obscurity. Your calendar of events begins with a joint rules committee meeting of the Board of Medicine, the Board of Osteopathic Medicine, and the Board of Pharmacy. They're meeting by conference call at 8. The Revenue Estimating Conference reconvenes at 8.30. They met most of Friday trying to come up with new estimates for the legislative budget process, but were not able to finish. The Florida Talent Development Council meets online at 2, and the Executive Committee of the Gulf Consortium meets by conference call at 3. This is the group working on the Gulf Coast recovery efforts after the Deepwater Horizon spill. A Florida man who works as an escort is facing up to three years in federal prison after pleading guilty to filing a false tax return. 46-year-old Jamie Kopax of Broward County reported $350,000 of income in 2018, but the IRS says he underreported his earnings as an independent contractor and stiffed them for $278,000. He'll be sentenced in March. Notice they did not charge him with being a sex worker, only for withholding Uncle Sam's share of the sugar. Finally today, a Florida woman who simply didn't have the holiday spirit is accused of attacking her sister with a Christmas decoration. Deputies in Sumter County say 55-year-old Shirley Rogers of Oxford was arguing with her boyfriend at 2 in the morning when her sister tried to calm her down. Rogers grabbed the nearest Christmas decoration and hit her sister in the side. Deputies described the weapon as a beaded cone tree, and it was sturdy enough to cut the woman and bruise her rib. Rogers is charged with battery, and congratulations to the smoking gun for their classic headline on this story season's beatings from the Sunshine State. That's it for today's installment of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.